Hi, if this is your first time here, my name is Kaya. I am owner of Notes by Kaya, which is a mental health based platform um, specifically centered around the mental health of children and minorities. And I have an awesome episode for you today. Um, and this was just too good to not also put on YouTube and you to be able to see the people that we're speaking to. Um, one of the dads was in 100% dad mode the entire time. So I love that you're also going to be able to see that. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast, it go watch it on YouTube too. <laughs> um, and so with June having Men's Mental Health Month, Father's Day and Juneteenth, I was like, huh, let's do something celebrating black dads um, and just the roll that all together. Um, so I'm super excited. These are five amazing dads that I had the opportunity to talk to and we even got a surprise guest. So keep watching for that. And please be sure to like, comment, share, all those different things. I appreciate that. Um, the podcast is Notes by Kai, the podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor. I think that's it. Um, if you have other suggestions, uh, I'm open to that. And I'll leave all their information in the description in the show notes so that you can contact them as well. Um, a couple of them do have their own podcast, so please be sure to support that as well. And let's jump right in. Okay. All right. So let's jump right in. Kevin, do you want to introduce yourself first? I sure will. How's everybody doing this evening? Uh, my name is Kevin Woodfork II. I am. I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma, raised in Sepulpa. I am a father of two with one on the way. Uh, my oldest is a girl, and then my son is about 16 months right now. Uh, it's definitely been fun, uh, you know, being a girl dad first, and then, you know, becoming a boy dad as well. Two, two different types of energy uh, in my house. That was definitely... A little bit of a challenge to learn, but it's been a fun experience this far. Thank you. Glad to have you, Jesse. All right. Uh, my name is Jesse Woodford. Uh, born in Tulsa, uh, raised in Norman. I'm boy dad. So, uh, yeah, it's been an adventure. Um, seeing a little bit uh, of myself, you know, him, made me learn a lot about myself. So, it's just been good. Okay. Thank you for being here. Stanley? How are you doing? Um, Stanley Peavy. Born in Alabama. Stay in Cincinnati, Ohio. I am a father of four. Uh, three girls, one boy. 15, 12 next month. Six and one. Uh, so I'm all across the board. I'm spread out. Um, different learning curves over that many years, but it's been it's been a roller coaster ride. All right, thank you. And yeah, we grew up in a house, three girls, one boy, too. So I feel their pain. Uh, Rob. Hello, my name is Rob Allen. I'm born and raised in Cincinnati. Uh, father of two. My daughter is fifteen. My son is eleven. Um. Yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Thank you. And Marquise, your 
How are y'all doing? My name is Marquise Antoine. I am a father of three. I have a, a six-year-old daughter, a two-year-old son, and a newborn baby girl. And I'm excited to be here and share dialogue with you fellas. Thanks. Okay, so I really appreciate y'all doing this. Um, I think that we really don't celebrate Black fathers enough. I don't know that there could ever be enough, really. Um, but I didn't want this to just be like a one one-sided conversation with just one dad, but get many different perspectives and allow that to show there are there's more than just one out there like actually involved in all those things and so i just wanted this to be a really positive thing um june is men's mental health month and uh also we have juneteenth and father's day on the same day which is really cool so i was like let's just encompass all those things together <laughs> um so uh, whoever wants to answer first, let's start with what is one thing you wish more people understood about being a Black father? I'll go ahead and go first. Um, we want to make sure they know that we are present. The conversation and the statements that are normally made is that we aren't present, that our presence also is not felt. Um, but that's a lot. That's a lot. We're here. And we're going to be here. Um, one thing I definitely wish people understood about, you know, being a black father is that we have more to offer our children and we do offer more to our children than just athletics. Um, we offer, you know, many things, you know, on the academic side as well. And we pour into them, um, you know, all of those things and, and also musical talents and creating creative talents. Um, so we are teaching more than football, basketball, baseball, nothing against the dads that do that, that that's their gifts. But we, you know, as black fathers, you know, we offer a lot more than just from the athletic side of, of life. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Great point. I'll go next. Um, one big, huge thing that I don't think is understood about fathers is the character change that has to be made going into fatherhood. Whether you see it or not, it's a different approach when it comes to children. A lot of people might not understand it because it seems like we're the same on the surface, but we're not. It's We do it in our own little way, but people don't understand that. Okay. I would say the, the struggle to try to be for those of us who didn't have like positive father figures or father figures at all growing up, trying to be that person that you wanted to be, uh, or you wanted to be with you and show you and guide you, and then you know actually living up to that. Uh, I think we all try to shoot to to be super dad, but it's it's a tough road to actually get there. And I think some people, they don't really understand it or value that, that transition and that journey from being what you think you want to be in your mind to actually doing it. Man, the fellas really just kind of summed up what I was going to say, but along to Rob's point, 
uh, you mentioned about like being a superhero i think being a, there's being a father and then there's being a black father uh i think that they are two separate entities uh that encompass both struggle pain but in a sense when you have children you get a, a feeling of freedom and liberation and the the poor that you get to give to your children the poor of love the poor of instilling character instilling work ethic uh instilling positive mindsets bringing forth affirmations uh being a black father i think most people don't realize it's really almost kind of like uncharted territory because for some of us either your dad was in the picture and he was there or he was not in the picture or maybe he was in the picture but wasn't in the picture halfway in halfway out and so it's uncharted territory uh they say there is no guidebook but for being a black father i think i commend every black father that i see because you're doing it some way somehow and like i said this this conversation is going to unpack uh, the excellence of what being a black father means absolutely and that was a great segue um into one um we have we talk a lot about the fathers that are absent right and i kind of have my theories but i'll let you all share first and why fathers often pull away um and maybe what are some things that we can do to help that not happen so often um you, you said pull away so i know like my wife and i often have the conversation about how like the stereotype is either there's like conflict between my the mother and the father and like that does happen but what about the lack of maturity if you never got poured into if character was never developed in you if accountability was never you know instilled in you then when you make that decision to have a baby and now you have a child and you've become a black father and the maturity level is low i mean the, the question is what can we really expect and you know i've seen i've gone through it personally when people ask me about my relationship with my father that's really it hurts to say but that's really what it boils down to is just maturity level you know you can i can look at it as a grown man now and just say well it kind of boils down to you weren't mature enough to to step up to the plate and take the take hold of the responsibility that comes with with having a kid and you know that's it's probably far left but you know that's one of the i think the many perspectives as to why you know there's some <clears throat> black fathers who kind of go you know go the opposite direction yeah i agree i think some men just <laughs> to be honest they they were just looking for sex and the kid came and they just it was never in the cards for them as far as how they feel that they wanted kids so you know they just leave i don't know if there's anything that could possibly go on to where i just up and leave my kids like i don't if me and my wife you know d divorce uh if she you know any I, I i can't think of one single thing where i would just pack up or just never be in my kid's life like um i didn't know my pops i was 14 like <laughs> i thought i was a damn alien like i didn't 
<laughs> not that I just dropped here. You know what I'm saying? It was, I didn't. Uh, and being a dad now, I, it's, I think that's a loaded question because you won't really know why they pull away if you don't ask them. And a lot of ones that pull away, they never come back around. So you can ask them, why did you leave me? You know, so it's like, you know, it's it's hard to say. We can think of all the things that, that can possibly go through their head. But yeah, he said maturity. I'm going to take it as weakness. They weren't ready to they didn't have the strength to be a father. They didn't have the strength or the knowledge um, to to take care of themselves, let alone someone else. So, yeah, I, don't, I think that's a loaded question. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> uh, I think it's sort of a, an unfair question because to me, nine times out of ten, the reason why a father leaves his kids is never the children's fault. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. And of out of an eleven year relationship, maybe four of those years was me fighting to stay in the relationship because of the kids. So that goes to show how strong and how how strong willed a man is to go through things to be with his children. Um, I think a better question would be why would they stay away? Um, because some men will leave and never see the child again. So I. I'm with Rob on that one. I think that question is very broad. And again, if it's about why they left, I don't think they're leaving on the will of the kids. It's on the will of, well, what happened between the mother and the father and what wasn't able to be reconciled. And that led him to weigh the options of is leaving his kids something he's willing to sacrifice to have peace of mind or whatever reason he has for leaving. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. The question is broad and it's broad for a reason so that we can get like the perception from many different views. Um, And of course, even that pulling away happens at different points, right? So I'll kind of come back to that whenever I answer, but um, (laughs) let's, hear from Kevin and Jesse too. Um, I, for me, I guess, you know, one of, I didn't deal with, you know, my dad, he and my mom, you know, were, were together, you know, my whole childhood, but I can see um, just my perspective. I think one reason they may not come back is society as a whole is just a lack of appreciation. As you said, you know, to start, there's not a lot of celebration of, you know, of fathers and especially black father, uh, black fatherhood, you know, so if you don't feel, you know, as men, if you don't feel respected and appreciated, even for the little you're doing, um, because, you know, as fathers, I don't think any of us ever feel like we can do enough for our children, but it's always good to know you know, hey, thanks for, you know, if you are in a situation where you have, you're having to come by and visit, thanks for bringing this pack of diapers. Thanks for, even though it's a duty and we know it must be done, it's still good to hear that, you know, you going out there and making those things happen on whatever level you can as you're trying to grow is appreciated. But so often it's just, oh, well, you're supposed to do that. Now go do some more. You know, it, it just creates, you know, a level of animosity you know, that shouldn't be there, you know, whether, you know, the mom and the father work out or not, you know, it just should be 
what is best and and how is this father you know doing what he should be doing for the child so as you said what can we do if we you know and especially fathers you know as well you know from all of us here you know to make sure we appreciate each father here and the ones that we see out that are doing the things that they need to do and are supposed to do it we shouldn't it shouldn't be above us to say hey good job bro man keep doing though keep doing what you do for your kids keep doing that and then continue to try to better yourself so i think you know appreciation is a big is a big part of that absolutely I definitely think the brothers have said it well uh, and put it in perspective. I, for one, had to deal, you know, with that. Like, my father was not <clears throat> um, active. I was able to meet him, uh, I believe, you know, I was around nine, um, but he was in and out. And so when I got older, in my early 20s, I was able to sit down with him and have a conversation and ask him exactly what he was thinking. Um, and it was my mother who encouraged me to do so. She said, when you're ready, you can sit down, you can ask him and get his side of the story. So I, I was able to do that. And unfortunately, when he did come back, right, initially it was, hey, like, like all, the, all the brothers have said, it was, a, it was a, a matter of maturity on his part. Initially, when he found out it was, no, this is not me, I'm not going to do that, I'm not ready. Um, and in his attempt to come back, then, you know, my great-grandfather pulled a shotgun on him on, on his porch. So at that point in time, I really can't blame him for turning around and, and leaving at that point. Um, we did have the conversation, and I did express to him that, uh, kind of like what Rob was saying, there isn't anything, anyone or any reason as to why I shouldn't put forth the effort to be in my child's life. Uh, it, it boils down for us um, as a community that it is systemic, right? When we were quote unquote set free, then one of the things that our society set against us to make sure that we weren't successful was to pit a black woman against a black man, to make sure that, uh, as Kevin said, the animosity was there and that it was passed down from generation to generation. So it is our job to make sure that uh, we bridge that gap as much as we possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just to kind of <clears throat> piggyback on um, what Kevin was saying that it, one, that appreciation, I think is spot on. And even when it's a little, it's like, it's never enough, right? Um, I also used to watch like 16 and pregnant and things like that. And what I noticed a lot of times is there is a fear, especially when your father wasn't around like of what am I supposed to do? Am I going to fail? Am I going to, you know, go through all of these other things or whatever? And, you know, really just, you know, not having the support and the guidance needed. Um, it's just what I've observed in, you know, watching things like that, as well as being a therapist, that it's not there to push. And, you know, the woman, I've heard other men talk about how the woman, she has all this time while she's pregnant to kind of build more of a bond with the baby. And then the father kind of has to 
and you you all can tell me if I'm wrong or if you had a different experience, but he has to be a bit more intentional about building that bond because, I mean, he may be able to feel things from the outside and, you know, things like that, but it's different. Um, and so I think that is kind of part of it too. And the child needing the mom so much from the very beginning and trying to figure out, well, where do I fit in? And of course that's mostly like from newborn age and things like that, but that really sets a standard for how do things go moving forward? I mean, everybody, I think every guy in here would agree that their mother is like their first, their first actual love. Like you just, you love her, unconditionally like from jump um at least the guys that had that relationship i guess or knew their birth mother um it was like for me like you know it used to be a bad thing to be a mama's boy like you was a mama's boy like oh you (laughs) you a mama's boy like you know you you ain't you ain't you ain't this you ain't that but I was always proud to be a mama's boy because I didn't know my pops. So, you know, it's like it, it is what it is. When I became a father. It was funny because like my kids will literally walk past me and go straight to their mother for everything. Like I'm invisible. Like I'm not here. And I'm like, dude, like, you know, why would you go ask her that? And I'm right here like she's doing something. I'm on Facebook. You know, so it's just like it's it, yes, you it is intent. It, we do have to do we have to go from a different angle to get our kids to interact with us um, instinctively like they would their mother. Um, we have to. Um, we have to work. I feel men have to work harder to build the bonds with the babies. Because, you know, they grow inside of the women for nine months. So instinctively and and by nature, they're going to tend to go towards who they've known for the first nine months of their lives. Yeah, they might have heard a voice. They might have felt, you know, a a touch or two or whatnot. But um, I really feel that if men, if we don't try to build those bonds with the kids when they're young, you you already feel like you can't leave out while they're young, try to come back while they're, you know, adolescent or preteen and, you know, try to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm super dad now. It's like, no, I needed you super dad when I was building my mind up, when I was coming up, when I was trying to, you know, uh, uh, know about the world. Now that I know a little bit about the world, it's always it's always going to be that gap. And, you know, for women, I've known people where mom left or gave them up or whatever, and they come back. And it's almost like the people were longing for it. So their relationship is still extra strong to whereas a dad could do the same thing. And it's kind of like, <laughs> I really don't need you right now. Like, it's cool that you're here, but I don't really need you. Like, everybody needs their mother. That's why you have so many people going to look out for the birth mother rather than the birth father, because it's like, I want to know who my mom is. The dad is like, eh, whatever. Yeah, there's a resentment that 
builds up. Um, and I, it's interesting that you brought up, you know, kids walking past the dad to get to the mom to ask for things because we often hear that from the mom's point of view, like your daddy is right there. <laughs> like, why are you coming to me? But it's interesting to hear your perspective and how that makes you feel um, as a father, like, hey, I am here. And just understanding that it's really the kids that are doing it, even though a lot of times we think, oh, it's because the dad is not participating or, you know, whatever, but it's really just because that's kind of your natural way to go. Um, and just to speak on the bond piece, it's interesting to listen to you all because my dad was there. My parents are still married. Um, it's been, I think they're about to celebrate 32 years at the end of this month. And he was there, but we didn't go to him for really anything. And a lot of it was fear and that relationship not really being there. So those kinds of things also put in a barrier as we were older. Um, so I think building that bond and continuing to build that bond as they get older is super important too. All right. So um, you all have kind of touched on your fathers a little bit. How would you say that influences the way that you show up for your children and family now? For me, it's all about having confidence. So the way I show up for my children now is no matter the outcome, I show up and be their biggest cheerleader. I'm their biggest supporter because, and it's not to double back or anything, but to touch on a couple brothers' points um, collectively here, people don't understand that the second that child is born, all the odds are stacked up against us. The child is for their mother as soon as they come out, we are trying to bring balance where the mother brings the nourishment to TLC. We're trying to raise them up to be ready for the world. Um, them walking past us. I mean, you name it, the list goes on. So it's kind of hard to be a father knowing that technically, if you think about it, if you think about what I just said, it's like, I don't want to have nothing to do with do when everything I want and need is right here. So to work through that, is a job even within itself. So when I'm sitting there shouting at the cheerleading practices and I'm at the basketball game shouting, knowing that really 90% of that child is looking in, into the stands for their mother. You see what I'm saying? And only 10% of that is for me. And that builds up over time. So for me, all I can do is be a a lending hand, an open space for them to come to, but still be a cheerleader for them, even though I know they're looking for their mother. So it's 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 a big ordeal. Yeah, to kind of piggyback off that, I won't be too long-winded with this, but um, my daughter cheerlead, uh, was a cheerleader for the Pee Wee League uh, team that my son played for. And sometimes when mom have to work or, you know, vice versa, um, when I was at the practice, when I was at the games, and they didn't see their mom, first thing was, "Where's mom?" Uh, I park in a car. I, I mean, or, or she's in a meeting, or you know what? I'm like, well, I'm here. 
I, don't I count? <laughs> you know, so it's like, um, it, he's right about that. Like, it was definitely, um, yeah, I know exactly when he said that. I know exactly what I even coached. I even, I even became a coach so I could be there more for my son while he's playing football. And he would always say, well, is mom going to come watch me play? Is she going to come watch me practice? Like, no, she has to be up there so she can watch her sister practice and make sure the sister's doing what she needs to do. So, yeah, that's that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, you know, one thing I know, you know, my dad was always very good at was, you know, quality time. And that's really been a big discussion, you know, you know from Jesse and I on our, on our podcast and just discussions we've had in our in our circles, you know, as dads, we're here for, you know, quality time. Because as you know, we are all expected to provide, protect, and, and those things. We can't give, you know, a quantity of it. But, you know, he was very good at, you know, if I was watching, you know, I'll always talk about, you know, when I grew up, you know, the Power Rangers were big. So he would come in and watch an episode of the Power Rangers, even though he would talk mess about them. You know, like, oh, this show was dumb. But he would sit there and watch with me. And, you know, and, and or, you know, we would watch, you know, maybe an old cartoon that he would like from Thundercats or He-Man. Um, things of that nature so it it always you know stuck in the back of my mind that the quality time was very important because as he had to go work and, and sometimes work two jobs he didn't have you know eight hours a day to give me but he would find you know 15 30 minutes you know or an hour to be you know in my world and, and some of the things that were important to me you know may become important to him during that time mm-hmm. Uh, I think Kevin hit it right on the head when you said uh, your dad would attempt to be in your world. That's one of the things that, uh, you know, I kind of lacked with my with my father. Excellent provider. You know, my entire work ethic is literally based off of him. Uh, you know, however, when it comes to like the the quality time, that was a piece that I didn't get. So for me, it was just about looking in retrospect, being able to take, OK, what was the good? What was the bad? And realizing, like, okay, quality time was a thing. You know, I don't mind spending time, but if I'm not enjoying my time with you, I'm just not enjoying my time. And it doesn't, it doesn't paint. Uh, you know, we could be in the car going cutting grass, but man, I don't want to be outside cutting grass. Like, granted, I learned to work at it. <laughs> I learned to work at it. But if this is all that I'm doing in my my entire summer, and I'm not being given the opportunity to spend real quality time, like you sitting down and saying, "What does my son want to do?" Uh, you know, those are the things that, you know, I tend to find myself often doing, you know, same like Kevin, you know, I don't like to have the stuff my daughter watches, <laughs> but will I bear through it? Will I bear through all the craziness? Yeah, I will. But third, like you give me for one episode, <laughs> you got me for one episode, but I think it, I, I see I see the positive outcomes of that just because she'll often sit and talk to me like I'm having a conversation with a six-year-old and when she thinks that I haven't been paying attention or that I haven't been listening, the fact that I can recall certain things and you can see her face light up like, what? (laughs) Okay. And like there has been so much improvement in my relationship with my eldest, my daughter. really i think in the the genesis of that is just making time to spend and choosing to allow that to be quality time so thank you kevin for pointing that out yeah that's good and you kind of talked about the providing in there a little bit too and um i think sometimes and i've 
as I've talked to my male friends about their relationship with their fathers, it's like, oh yeah, he was a great provider. He did that. Like that was nothing. But then what about the emotional support? What about being there for other things that I cared about and different things like that? So that was a, um, that was a great point. Can I add a little flavor to the stand up? Absolutely. Jayana. And I'm freehanding this. What, if you had to answer, what would make me a good father? You're right, you're a good father. Why? You're loyal and you spend quality time with me. And I make me enjoy time with you. I, so it was a quality time piece that was said, and that hits home. Turn it down. And that hits home because, believe it or not, those two, my two oldest children, for the first half of their lives, they hate might be a strong word, but they didn't they didn't mess with me at all. And now that they're preteen and teen, I can't shake them because I've given them that quality time and given them that space where they can talk and whatnot. And now I wouldn't talk for them, but I think I'm their favorite now. <laughs> hey, I was going to say, man, your daughter literally just hit on like a very good point. She mentioned the word loyal and like the thought that came to mind is like, as a kid, if I deem my father to be loyal to me, that means like you have my back. Just like, you know, you're going to have you're going to have your jobs back because they're giving you the income and we get you have to be a provider. But your presence means everything. So to know that man, my dad took time out, like Rob said, to be a football coach, that's loyalty. Like that's that's you really coming through in the clutch for me. And I, I may not see it. He may not see it now. You know what I'm saying? He's still asking for mom now. But at the end of the day, as he grows older, you know, I believe that he at some point in time will realize like, man dude was really loyal like really loyal to his son to go to the extent of having my back to ensure that i'm where i'm supposed to be doing what i'm supposed to do uh and stepping into a role that i mean you you don't necessarily have to you could be a parent on the sideline but that's a that's a huge step in you know being loyal to your child to uh you know take that next take that to the next level that was awesome thank you until we said thank you <laughs> for adding to that. I love that. Um, and kind of just puts everything that we're talking about really um, in perspective and having a real life example of how much this means to your children um, and what kind of difference that makes. And that even though it may start out a certain way or be a certain way at a certain point, it can change and be different, but it's going to take effort and you're going to have to put that pride and ego to the side and say, okay, what do they need from me? I might feel like I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do and I know what I'm doing behind the scenes that they don't see, but if they're not seeing it, something else has to change because if they don't see it, it, it really doesn't, I want to say it doesn't matter, but it doesn't create the relationship that you're looking to create if 
you're not giving what they actually need. What is the most impactful lesson you have learned about fatherhood or through fatherhood? <laughs> that uh, none of my kids will be raised the same. I, I wish I could say that I, I was raised that you're supposed to raise them the same, but mm, four different personalities, you're not going to get the same point across the same way f every time. You got to reword it, repackage it, the whole nine. And some of them need tender love and care a little bit differently. This one, deep discussion. <laughs> My second one, that's DMX. She wanted straight, blunt, no chaser. It's It's... I wish it, I wish it was easy and you could raise them all the same, but you can't. That I wish people would stop saying that, <laughs> or at least that's for my experience. But it, it's it's different each time. Trust me. I think the most impactful thing I've learned is um, kind of the, what he said, but it's the love factor because. Like I said, my mom is married. My mom has been married to my stepfather for, I think, 22 years. But by the time he came in, I was, I heard that I was a man. So, you know, it's like, um, but I, I try to, I try to set my kids up for the world better than my parents did me. They didn't really tell me about a lot of things. Um, I mean, anything from credit to, um, you know, just kind of being out in, in the world. I, you know, when I wanted Jordans, they said, go get a job. They didn't tell me how to keep the job, how I'm supposed to dress, you know, for the job. Nothing. Go get a job. So that's what I did. I got my first credit card. I maxed it out. Didn't pay for it. Didn't, you know, nobody told me anything. I just thought, oh, well, I got enough money to go get me some school clothes this year. That's what I did. So now, you know, with me, I try to I try to show my kids that I love them. I also try to, like I said, prepare them for the world. When I see that they're doing something that I think would be detrimental to their health or them growing as an adult. I try to teach them and show them with, you know, anything like with all the shootings for of young black men. My son is going to be 6'11". OK. He's going to be a big black dude. I'm 6'5". And, you know, it's 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 not the same world that I grew up in. Like, it's almost like he has a bigger target on his back going forward than I did. And I had a target on my back. So I have to be intentional on how I raise him and how I teach him how to move and maneuver in this world, especially post-Trump. My daughter's the same way. So, you know, it's like that. But in doing so, sometimes I think my love for them gets lost in the sauce because they still want to do things their way. I'm just trying to tell them, like, listen, I've already touched that stove. I have the scars. It's hot. Listen to me because I've already been burned. I'm trying to tell you go this way because I've already been down that road. That's not where you want to go. I want you to be better than I ever was. And 
yeah, so in, in short, trying to rear your kids in the right direction and away from where you've been is hard work. Well, the one lesson I got that I've had from fatherhood is definitely the, the language that we have with our children is you know, so important um, because, you know, in our community, you know, we all grew up, you know, whether, you know, it was cousins or siblings and, you know, you would crack jokes and talk about each other and you would do the same with, you know, parents and, and, you know, uncles and aunts, but then you don't really understand how, if you continually, you know, are jokingly calling someone dumb or stupid or, saying what they are not and what they can't do and why this is going to be tough and how this is going to be a struggle, how that will embed it into their subconscious. And now all they know when it comes to be test time, that it's going to be tough when it's, you know, they are scared to go ask for a raise because all they know is the language of no, they're scared to, you know, go start a business because, you know, we don't prepare them to say it's okay to go take a risk because even if you fail, you know, dad's here. I'm going to have your back in, in whatever way that I can. So for me, it's, you know, one, let's, let's make sure that we have good affirmations that we say every day so that you know, and you understand who you are, and we're going to speak these great things into your life. So it's been very important for me to have a mentor, you know, to tell me, these were the things that I said, you know, to my children and you see where they are today. So obviously if we, you know, if we're just looking at the data and the data shows that it brought success, you may try something along these lines. So the language in which, you know, we speak to our children is so important. If we tell them that they're winners, if we tell them that they can truly be anything, we all heard that in school, but then it, maybe the message wasn't echoed when you got home. It wasn't believed that you could go be a doctor. You could go be a lawyer. You could go be an astrophysicist. You could go, you know, what, whatever the case may be um outside of you know some so many other things but if we are very intentional about the language we have with our children and tell them all the things they can instead of being so quick to say what they cannot do i think you know that helps us as fathers because as we say it to them we also say it to ourselves that's a great point and i'm so glad that you said that because that's extremely important um and you know it's interesting that you brought up what they might hear at school or from other people versus what's heard at home. I worked in a school for about five years or several different schools, and I could spend all day teaching them these skills, telling them how great they are, encouraging them, empowering them, all the things. And then they go home. And that same environment completely wipes all of that away. I could have a student that is starting to use his words instead of fighting all the time. They go back to that environment and then again back to the fighting. It's like, oh my goodness, come on. Like, but that home environment is so, so important and what you're speaking, what you're doing, what you're showing them, all of that. So thank you for bringing that up. Uh, you know, mine's just kind of tied into what Kevin said. Uh, one of the most important things that I've learned in like my six years of fatherhood, I don't know if I've been at it longer than you guys have, but uh, it's like we set the tone and create the atmosphere for our children's like mental, emotional and spiritual success. It's like what Kevin said about the language that you speak, 
uh, you know, and positively affirming your children, you know, down to what Rob said about, you know, giving the warnings and the caution and the simple reminders that I've been through this. I look at those type things as we're also gatekeepers. Uh, and we determine like by set the tone, like we did also determine how tall that wall is. And we can take those same bricks and say, okay, now you're ready. The training wheels are off. Those bricks have moved from becoming a wall to now becoming a pathway. Let's move forward. Let's move down the line with this. Uh, you know, with my children, like they've said, you know, making sure that I speak nothing but positivity into them. Uh, I've had to get into the habit of being realistic, but like Kevin says, speaking the language that is it's either yes or it's we're going to figure out a way that we can do it. Um, and not just, you know, I'm married, been married for going on seven years come August. And, you know, I don't just take the role of like a, of a provider and protector for my wife that it's almost like that same covenant is given to my, from myself to my children as a protector and a provider. Um, you know, Rob had mentioned like, you know, with everything that's going on, like school shootings, making sure that my children are aware of just basic life skills down to ensuring that I'm communicating with them about their spirituality on a level in which they can comprehend it, you know, while also sometimes moving out of my real rugged masculinity and coming to a place where I can be just a little tender, like, you know, uh, Mr. PB said, just being just a little bit tender and, you know, realizing that that looks different. Like he said, it looks different from my daughter than it is with my son. My son is too. So he's just still a tad bit more emotional, but understanding that, you know, it's like he said, all of my children, um, they don't, it's, how do I put it? They require a different approach, but it's almost as as a father, I have to respect the fact that because they are their own individuals that, you know, I got to give them, you know, the different approach. I've seen failure in my relationship with my children when I don't do that. But I've seen success when I when I show them that respect. One thing that I also learned about fatherhood, and I hope you all understand me when I say this is I purposely try to be tender with my kids on purpose because the mistakes and the absence that I can make with them will erase all the good I've done easier than if their mother did the same thing. I hope I said that right. So I can yell at one of my kids, I can chastise them or anything like that, but if it wasn't just or they felt like it was over the top, I now have to work 10 times as hard to rebuild what was lost as a mother would say something and the next day they're right back on the bosom like nothing didn't happen. So again, I'm all about the, the, the consistency. We have to consistently be on top of things because if not, we in, we in trouble. So I hope I said that right. I hope. Yeah, I bro, you hit the, you hit the nail on the head. And like for me, to that point, like one of the things I realized that my my father wasn't really that great at was like apologizing. He's so mm -hmm. horrible at it. 
no dig to him. He just wasn't good at apologizing. So in my home, like my wife will tell me or has told me in the past, like, yo, you, it moved from like, yo, side conversation, you a little too hard to like, come on now, bro. In the midst of this that's happening right now, come on. Look at everybody in the room. They're scared of you. I'm looking at you like you're crazy. And so in my home, we've been practicing like the art of an apology, even at the age of six, even at the age of two, like the art of an apology will start with, you know, what works on your age level. But even to my even for myself, like if I go a little overboard or, you know, with chastisement with my children or, you know, given a consequence or just, you know, in a tough conversation, I'll take a minute to sit back okay, and assess the situation and say, OK, you know, let me go pull them aside, have a conversation, but ultimately, like, let me apologize. Because I think it's important for my children, if nothing else, my father wasn't perfect, but when he made a mistake and when it offended me or when it, it made me feel some kind of way or when it hurt my feelings, because apologies mean that you you took some time to think about the situation too. Like, he thought about the situation, he came back and he apologized and it was genuine. And that made me feel better. <laughs> yes, you are exactly right. And I will say, like, that has been my experience, too. Um, there have been things that have happened with both of my parents that I'm like, that shouldn't have happened. But I feel like a lot of times my dad took it a step further and also did not like to apologize. He apologized when he was older, but I was like, I don't. I don't need this now. I, I don't care. Um, so, but you're right. Like he would do something. We would not speak for days, weeks. And this is living in the same house. Um, my mom, we BFFs again after like an hour, <laughs> but it's also her approach and that recovery. Um, and the fact that my dad and I are a lot more alike than I like to admit. <laughs> so, um, you know, we always would bump heads and things like that. I feel like I'm right. He thinks he's right. Um, but yeah, that's an excellent point that you do kind of have to work a bit harder. And sometimes it's you're bigger, your voice is bigger and, you know, all those different things. It has a much bigger impact on um, how those things are received. Well, last question. Tell me about a memorable experience you've had with your child or one of your children, because I think everybody has more than one, um, that still makes you proud. I'll go first. Because <laughs> it, keeps, it keeps being brought up. Um, so when we were first able to really go back outside, I took both of my kids to the basketball court to show them how to shoot. Um, my daughter was teeter-tottering on playing basketball, and my son at 11 said he's the next GOAT, whatever. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, let's go see. Let's prove it. You know, I haven't been on a basketball court in so long. I got bad knees in the back back from playing all, all I'm, anyway, from playing all three sports. I played baseball, football, and basketball. Um, so I take them out there. I'm like, okay, let me see what you got. Show me your shot. I was like, Ooh, okay, um, that's bad. So, you know. I, I teach them the form and, you know, how to make sure that their hands are spread where, you know, 
where how, you know, your left hand should guide the ball and make sure you put your follow through and this and the third. So, you know, of course, they're not they're not sharpshooters. They're not Steph Curry or nothing, but they were able to get the ball in the hoop. So then they thought, oh, well, OK, cool. Let's play against each other. So <laughs> my daughter beat my son 14 to 2. And that was her first time ever playing basketball. Well, she played at like four or five. But um, that was basically she just Naruto ran, ran from one side of the court to the other with her hands behind her back. Um, but I did see that she was paying attention. And, you know, her form still needs a little work. But compared to when she first shot the ball to her beating him, I was like, oh. Okay, so she do listen. So I just got to, you know, now I know kind of how to approach her. So, you know, that that was a proud moment for me because it, at first I thought, unless I tell my wife to tell them this, they're not going to listen to me. But when we was on that court and my wife wasn't there and it was just us, they listened to everything that I said. And you can see it from, like I said, from the first time they touched the ball to when we left, their form changed, how they shot. You know, uh, and it was it was a good day. I'll go. I'll go next. Um, the most memorable one for me is first off, I don't believe in forcing relationships on children. I believe in letting them be natural. Um, so you know, some people are like you need to say you love your kids every day and stuff like that, and make sure they feel it. So this one, my oldest one next to me. <laughs> Um, never told me she loved me until she turned 13 and it finally came out on her own. Um, of course, like I said, I'm a product of a divorce. I was dropping her back off to her mother and she came out with it and literally it floored my entire day because I'm like, did somebody coach her? Like that, that don't happen unless I say it first or I say it first and tell her like, Hey, I said something. Like, is somebody else in this car? Like, that's to me. Like, I started cussing. Like, that was not, not an everyday thing to the point that was Facebook post worthy. I posted it. Like, I had to make sure I got the date and time. That don't happen. So, again, that just goes to show that with time, with consistency, it'll come. It may not come with you want it or even when the other person wanted or other people. But it'll come. Just, just stick to it. Jesse? Um, just just a measure of grace, man. Like you brothers are just just phenomenal, man. I just wanted to uh, tell y'all that it's been a pleasure meeting you all. It's just knowing that I just wanted to tell you keep doing what you're doing, man, because y'all doing a great job. Um, and for me, it was just knowing that the grace that uh, I learned to show um, my son, he began to show it as well in his interactions with other people. Um, understanding that everyone is not like him, but to show that patience that comes along with said grace. When he's talking to Kevin, and you know, Kevin's asking him, so, hold so what do you want to do? What do you want to be? And he's saying, hey, I want to uh, be an astronaut. And to be specific, I want to study the moon because something is going on with the moon that we don't know about on the backside of the moon. That's one of the proudest moments that I've ever had because like you said, as a as a culture, as a community, we're talking about who's going to be the next goat, who's going to be the next, you know, the bomb, the next Jordan, the next whatever. 
hey, this fella's talking about something's going on on the moon on the backside, and he's right. Something is going on. Our weather is crazy. So for him to do that at, you know, seven, eight years old, man, I, I, can't, I can't thank God enough. Yes. Love that. And if I see anything that has to do with any of that kind of stuff, I am sending it to you. <laughs> probably my one of my most impactful experiences is I've been in sales probably, man, 10, I'm 33, probably going on 10 years. Um, sold cars, I've you know, worked at admissions in the school, um, still being a personal trainer. And now I'm a realtor as well. And, you know, it was crazy because probably about the beginning of this summer, my daughter gets in the car one day and after school, you know, we're going home and then she says, dad, Hey, we need to go get some wood because I need to build a lemonade stand and I need to sell lemonade. And then, you know, on top of that, I said, okay, so why do you want to sell lemonade? Because I've started to talk to her about, you know, investing in the stock market and why we do that and why it's good to, you know, do that at a young age. She said, well, one, I want some toys, but I want to invest as well. You know, so for her to have a conscious awareness already that I need to be doing some other things with my money, but to see her following in something that I've done, you know, my entire life, it was, it was, it was very cool because I had never, you know, told her she was going to go into sales. It was just something that she wanted to do. So to know she had the, the entrepreneur spirit already in her was very cool for me. Yeah. I love it. And that she recognized like, Oh, I want my toys, but we're going to be smart about this money too, <laughs> that we can do both. I think most recent proud moment, moment that gave me really the most joy uh, it was the birth of my my youngest, just like uh, it was two Fridays ago, and yeah, I know, right? Mm. <laughs> Put me on the baby but, uh, list. <laughs> right, exactly. But uh, you know, as it's already been stated, you know, kids pay attention to what you do and what you say more than you think that they are or that they do. And it's for the last nine months from the moment that we told our kids, like, yo, you're going to have a baby. You know, you're gonna, we're going to have a baby. Don't know if it's a baby boy or a baby girl, but there will be another baby in the house. To the way that my six-year-old has really stepped up, like the level, she's still six. She still does things that six-year-olds do, but there's an intentional, like she's been intentional with how she's stepping up around the house. Uh, but it's also like, you know, how Jesse said with like the grace that she shows towards not just other people, but like I've really been telling my two year old son, when you lash out like, man, that's not how we treat our family. We love our family. We love our sisters because you're you're the only brother, you're the only boy. But it's the way that she's gentle with him. It's the way that she's a protector. Uh, but it's also the way that she uses. She's witty and has a very like crazy level of like intuitiveness. And they're just things that I'm just like, man, I just, I see so much in you and you're kind of everywhere. But <laughs> but I, I think just that in itself, just being able to look at my look at my child and just to see the, the potential, the well of the overflowing well of potential that's there, that in itself just makes me proud. Well, thank you all so much again and again and again. Um, 
you all were great. I'm so glad that all the people that recommended you all um, did so. And of course, like I told you all, like the person who recommended you, I was like, okay, we'll just go with it. <laughs> um, and then of course, Marquise, you know, our previous work together, it was like, yes great okay uh thank you so much for watching um and sharing commenting and subscribing and all of those things um i hope that you enjoyed this conversation as much as i did i really just wanted to highlight some black fathers black fatherhood itself um so thank you again and see you next time